Cowell, academic advisor in the College of Sciences and Mathematics. And I'm Jonathan Hallward, academic advisor in the College of Liberal Arts. And this is the award-winning Advising 2Bits podcast. Where we enhance, but not replace, your academic advising experience here at Auburn University. Welcome to this episode of the Advising 2Bits podcast. Today we have Ginger Donaldson from the College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment. She is a student services coordinator. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. We're glad to have you. I know that you have done a lot of things. The College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment is just became a college uh, as opposed to being a school. But you're smaller in numbers. But I know that from being on campus that it's a very close-knit community and, and that kind of thing. Can you tell us a little bit about the college and, and what those students do? So the College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment plays an important role in what it is to be a, a large land-grant institution. So we have teaching, we have research, But then we have that interconnectedness with the community that comes from the cooperative extension. So those would be things like helping people in our communities interact with their environment and wildlife around them. And our students are directly relational to that. So our students major in forestry, wildlife ecology and management, wildlife enterprise management, sustainable biomaterials and packaging, and geospatial environmental informatics. All things relational to that three-part ecology, so human, environment, and the interaction therewith. We have a lot of very unique opportunities that um, people don't realize are available. Creating solutions to the plastics ocean that comes from our sustainable biomaterials major, where students are taking forest byproducts and creating an alternative solution to plastic. That's really cool. Which would be the bags that she brought us with jelly beans in. And it's pretty legit. <laughs> so we we mentioned that the College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment recently became a college. Previously, it was a school. Um, and we've had two other entities on campus. We've got the College of Nursing now and the Harrison College of Pharmacy. So what does it mean for a school to become a college? So there's a hierarchical structure. A unit would start off as a department, and then they would become a school, and then they would become a college and eventually a university. A college has departments inside it. Before, we were a little bit smaller school, so our structure will be modified slightly, but have that same hierarchical nature that it had before. So still a tight-knit, small, close community, but that has departments inside. So those departments, again, would be wildlife, forestry, and environment. What types of things do your students do that might make their education in your college a little bit different? People may not expect. I think, you know, we usually see things like, oh, they do it. Colleges do internships or majors do internships or co-oping. So our forestry majors and also our wildlife science majors attend a summer practicum, a mandatory summer practicum where they get hands-on field experience. So they would travel to Andalusia, Alabama during the summer and stay six to eight weeks with their faculty, and they will be working in the field, gaining hands-on experience that enhances what they've learned in the classroom, so they're better prepared and ready to enter the employment market when they've done. We also have a lot of resources outside the classroom. So we have the Mary Olive Thomas Demonstration Forest, which is just outside of town here in Auburn, where we can have different um, educational events like forest fire management and um, some of our shooting sports classes. Those are opportunities that students have. Right behind our building, we have uh, Weagle Woods, where it's an on-site teaching 
opportunity for students. If you ever walk around our building down on Duncan Drive, you will often see students and professors walking around pointing to resources as they learn different um, native tree species, invasive species, climate, and the control of those things. That's really cool because I think sometimes we get caught up in the learning aspect and that learning doesn't always happen inside the classroom. And it's helpful for students to have that hands-on experience to become more marketable when they do leave Auburn and are entering the workforce. Having that experience that really gives them a chance to connect what they meet, what they have learned in the classroom, whether from a PowerPoint, a lecture, and actually seeing it in the world around them. Our majors are really for students who don't see themselves sitting at a desk afterwards, who want to be out in, a, in the environment. And our motto is working with nature for society's well-being. So this is really for if you've said to yourself, I don't want to sit at a desk, that might be the right school for you. And if you need any proof that their students don't sit in the classroom all the time, if you go to their building, they actually have boot brushes. Outside the building. Outside yes, we kind of brush those so, boots off, get so the dirt off. So this is how much they spend outside the classroom. So if you're if you're a student that appealing to you, this is how much, you know, they're outside. I love it. That's really cool. So I, I think it's interesting that they brought up the fact that you go to Andalusia, you're off campus, even outside of Auburn. This is something that before getting into advising, I didn't really know happened. Um, and, and there are other colleges that do the same thing. I think that's the importance of highlighting what a land-grant school is and, and what that means in, into this community. Can you talk a little bit about what benefits being a land-grant and programs like yours would have to students when they graduate? Oh, absolutely. So we have the Alabama Cooperative Extension, which is a partnership between Auburn University and Alabama A&M where we provide community resources. Sometimes in our building, we'll have community members bring in maybe wounded animals and a professor will assist them with those. That gives us the opportunity for our students to see the importance of the community relation. So the Alabama Cooperative Extension posts for all Alabama residents timetables. If you're wondering when you should plant in your yard, Alabama Cooperative Extension has a timetable for that. If you have a vine in your yard and you're wondering, is this poisonous? There's resources on the site that'll tell you. Is this wildlife good, bad, indifferent? What, you know, what might this be? Who can I go to for help? Our students get to interact professors that are directly involved with the cooperative. So they see and bring in partners from the community so they get to know that interaction. Most of our majors result in working with either state, federal, or local agencies. So those might be um, state agencies, federal agencies, or local agencies for the containment and the enhancement of the wildlife and environment. Something that people don't realize is that 70% of Alabama is covered in forest lands. We see the trees every day, but we might not recognize when everything is well. It looks as it should, but we definitely recognize when an invasive species has taken over, and those are some of the things that foresters help with. Do you have any major, do you have any minors or any other outside programs that maybe someone who, maybe they're interested in it, they might want to attempt something, you know, maybe take an elective or something like that. Is there anything that students on campus who might have a, want to get an experience in your college while they make a decision that they can do before they get there? One of our very popular majors is nature-based recreation. A lot of people are involved outside, so you'd take classes in ecotourism and sustainability in that particular major. 
We have environmental law. That's an excellent minor. We have a couple of majors that students flock to once they learn about them. So that would be wildlife enterprise management. That's the working in the hunting and fishing tourism industry, which is a billion-dollar industry. This is where a particular major where students receive a three-part education that's part hospitality, part business, part wildlife. Those are things where a lot of our programs aren't things that you would hear about in high school. It takes you a little bit to find them. So not everyone starts directly in our programs, but once they walk in the building, they realize, oh, I didn't know this was out there. So that would be things like geospatial environmental informatics. What you're doing with that is it's a physical representation of numeric data. We all know COVID just Mm -hmm. happened and you would see on TV those maps where it would show like the outbreak. Those are geospatial data. It allows people to make large decisions that are easily understandable for everyone. So we could see certain areas because they were able to give those those mapping, you know, where we could easily identify and understand where certain events were taking place. And you can imagine that same information applies to multiple industries. It's very relevant in military. It's very relevant in land development. It also allows people who work in natural resources to look and plan for like solar placement or wind farms because they're able to gather that data and put it in a visual way. So lots of different people who maybe don't have the understanding of at the conceptual level can make those decisions. Yeah, I I think this is great. I think this is one of those things that shows the depth of a college and the depth of an education because so many times you see what's on the outside and you think, oh, forestry, we're just, you know, learning about plants and trees. But in reality, it's a lot of this is community facing. We don't realize what we get every day from media or decisions that are made for us are made by people in this from this college and the in these majors and things like that. Exactly. You might go past a stand of trees and you see some being cut and you think to yourself, why are they cutting those down? A forest needs to be healthy. It needs you know, sun on the soil so that everything can interact well. Those are foresters that are making those decisions. They're procuring timber. So planting forests specifically for that procurement of timber so that we can use that. We don't realize that timbers now can be made into many things. They're building skyscrapers, what were previously plastic bottles, They're even in development, not at our institution, but across the world for a car that's made completely out of wood products. Laminated timber is a big industry. And that kind of leads me into into my question. We mentioned the little bag of goodies that you brought us, and the bag and the ribbon are brought by, you know, renewable bioproducts. And so you have a major that is sustainable bio biomaterials and packaging. And I think some students might hear the word packaging and just think boxes. What other things does biomaterials and packaging encompass? That particular major is part chemistry and it's part the materials and it's development and it's supply chain. What you would do is you'd learn about forest resources, but we also learn about supply chain because forest resources, while very prevalent in the South, we might rely on a different resource if we were in a different part of the country. So you'd learn about supply chain. You'd learn about packaging dynamic, mostly not boxes. So it'd be packaging for any material, 
A lot of things that industry are looking into right now are packaging and removal of single-use plastics. Those might be containers that you pick up when you're at your local fast food restaurant, and we need to explore ways where we can better make those where they're, they have longevity for the moment and serve their purpose, but can degrade over time. And so how do we perform that? And that's what that major is about and what they're learning. We talked a lot about what students do in the major and what they do while they're here and how that impacts the world. We've talked a lot about how sometimes life comes at you fast and, and things change. And, you know, I know a lot of these students, they, they want to work outside in the field. What are other things out that you might not think about when you hear College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment? What are other things that your students might go on to do after graduation? After graduation, our students are wildlife biologists. They work in purchasing. They work in their analysts. They work in the National Park Service. We have park rangers. These are in addition to the traditional employment that comes. A lot of R&D, process and development, but again, mostly interaction with agencies and nonprofits. So could you tell us about some interesting classes that are unique to your college that might be open to students who are not majoring in the College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment? A really great class that meets the, one of the core social science requirements is Nature 2050, People in the Environment, where students learn a little bit more about that interaction. Another fabulous class is Wild 1200, Hunting and Fishing the World. That's a class that's open to all majors. We have a couple of core science options, core science options that are science and nature that are intended for non-science majors where they really might enjoy learning um, about the environment in a little bit different way. And climate science, as you know, that's big in the news and students would like to, if they'd like to learn a little bit more about that, that's a way that they can meet that core science requirement. If students are looking for an elective class, we just started Introduction to Pistol and Introduction to Pistol for the female, from the female perspective, which is available and taught at the Mary Olive Thomas demonstration forest. So those are a couple of elective classes that students could take. So we have the Sporting Firearms and Archery, which is another class that's available. If students find that they are enjoying those classes, they might really be interested in hearing more about that wildlife enterprise management major that we have. Is again, relates back to the, the hunting and fishing industry, which, as I mentioned previously, a billion-dollar industry. That's great. I, I, you know, I know for, for my majors, um, we have a number of majors that have a fair number of electives. And we're also talking about your college and why, you know, why students might, you know, want to come there, why they want to major in there in, in your programs. We talked a lot about undergrad. What about grad school? What about after after they finish undergrad or, or maybe they finish undergrad in a different major? Would there be a grad school option um, to come over and, and continue their education there? We do offer a master's of natural resource um, degree that is good option for students that might have different majors in that area if they wanted to become a professional forester but started in a different area. To be a, a, a professional forester, you do have to have a forestry degree. Mm. So this is where if you started in a different major, you could, after, your, after you finished your undergrad, you could get a um, master's in natural resource. If later on you just you know develop that 
interest in love and the environment that you didn't realize that you had, that Master of Nat- Natural Resource has other options, one of which is an online um, non-thesis-based option. Mm-hmm. So some students are really interested in that. And then, of course, we have master's degrees in wildlife science. Those are really for students who um, want to continue that education that they started in a wildlife field. One of the things about being part of the College of Forestry, Wildlife, and the Environment is we're a very small college in a very, very large university. So we have the ability to give students that personal interaction, but yeah. still attend those gigantic football games. Yeah. You know, it's so perhaps the, the thought of being at a very large place um, might be intimidating. This is where you can still walk down the hall and talk to your professors. The advisors are approachable and readily available and where we can can really just introduce you to other students in the program. I'm very fortunate that I get to know a lot of my my students by name. Mm -hmm. So it makes that interaction easy. And when a new student comes in, we can help develop those relationships by putting people together. As students make their way through, we also have an amazing program that our dean started that's called the Fuel Academy, where students from all of the majors in our college, by invitation, are allowed to attend a it's essentially a leadership academy where a, a small group then get to interact with um, leaders in natural resource at different levels. The last couple of years, they've had the opportunity to talk with Governor Ivey. Now that different agencies are open for interaction, I know they'll be going to Washington, D.C. this year. And I think that's, you know, we, we've talked about the size of the, the, the college, maybe especially some of our listeners that are new to college or, or they're not even here yet and, and they're just kind of doing the research. That is something that's invaluable. We focus a lot of that and when you're already set up in a college where where that is almost automatic, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes that experience so much better. I know for my experience, I was very connected with my major faculty. Still know them, still talk to them and things like that. And it's such a benefit long term. So it's it's it, that is something that's truly special about it that that I've seen from the outside looking in. Also, you know, from the outside, um, have always appreciated the connection you have with the world outside of Auburn. Absolutely, um, and how truly interconnected everything is. I've seen several students. I know a couple of students that graduated from the program. They always seem to just be ready when they were when they were graduating. They they knew what they were doing, they knew where they were going, and they had plenty of people they could call on. So if someone's interested in maybe one of your programs or they just wanted to talk, what is a good way for them to get in touch with you? Can you tell us tell our listeners where you're located and that kind of thing? You mentioned stepping out and being ready. Our majors are very employable. I need to highlight that. Yeah. We have um, lots of industry um, leaders reaching out on a very regular basis asking for our students. So those are these are things we want people to know. If you'd like to contact us, you can always email workingwithnature at auburn.edu. You can stop by our building. We would be happy to see you. We're at 602 Duncan Drive. It's a very welcoming and, and inviting environment. Please come in. If you're looking for a quiet place to sit, we have a beautiful porch out back surrounded by healthy trees. Can confirm it's a beautiful space. So even if students and you guys are kind of a little out of the way on campus, but if students are looking for that quiet, quiet place to study, it's a fantastic environment to be in. For those of you that might be a little more familiar with landmarks, they're behind the medical clinic. 
If there was one piece of advice that you would have for any Auburn student who's listening today, if you've ever thought that there was something possible or you see someone doing, you know, a job that you didn't know that was available, ask. Walk into a building on campus. What are your majors? What are your people doing? How can I do this? Just ask. The people at Auburn University want to help you find your passion. And um, a lot of times you don't even, we'll help you find that roadmap, get to where that passion is. So my thing would be, if you look, if you walk past any building and it looks interesting or, or you wonder what they're doing inside, walk inside and ask. They're passionate about what is happening. We have so many great opportunities here on campus. And just like how you mentioned earlier today, Meredith, you, you didn't know that sustainable biomaterials and packaging was something that could be, or geospatial environmental informatics. Ask. If your advisor doesn't know, you know what they'll do. They're fabulous individuals. They'll put you in touch with the person on campus who can answer your question. That's, that's the biggest piece of advice I could give. And this concludes today's episode of the Advising Two Bits podcast. We want to thank our guests and you, the listener, for joining us. We hope this information will be beneficial in your next advising meeting. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you can be notified the next time new material is available. The Advising Two Bits podcast is produced by Adam McGee in the College of Agriculture.